Back, Austin. So sorry for a little bit of a delay that you had there. So uh, we talked about the AFC East team needs. And before we go on to the NFC South and uh, NFC West team needs, another. So let's talk about some questions about the Patriots. Do you think Trey Flowers is going to receive the franchise tag? And do you think McCourty stays and Gronk retires? Well, yeah, I, I think the Patriots got to focus on getting him that franchise tag. I mean, he proved uh, here in the playoffs that, that he's a great player and that uh, he can – he can really be a force in that defense, and it's something that the Patriots really got to look into this offseason. Uh, I think it's definitely something that they've got to do. Yeah, and then what about the who retires first? Is it going to be Gronk or McCourty? Um, I, I, think, it, I think it'll be Gronk. I, I think that uh, he'll take these next couple of weeks, enjoy that Super Bowl win, and uh, I think he'll ride off into the sunset and call it, call it a career. I feel like it's a little bit too young for him to retire. He's only 29 years old, but if he does retire now, um, it's understandable. Yeah, I don't think that the age is the is the factor and the reason why he's retiring as much as it is the the toll that he's taken on his body. Uh, uh, he's de- he's dealt with a lot of serious injuries in his career, and uh, and he's just gotten to the point where he's accomplished everything. I think that he's come in and and set as a goal in his NFL career. Absolutely, there. So this is part two of the NFL segment, just to let our audience know. But. Um... Now those questions are being asked. Let's move on to the your division, the NFC South. So let's start with the Saints. What do they need to do to accomplish this offseason? What are their team needs? Uh, I think their team needs uh, focus more on getting their guys healthy that they that they lost. You know, uh, Sheldon Rankins, uh, that Achilles injury is really uh, really what set him. It's really what could set him back, which is sad to see because of the success he had. But I think that the main focus for the Saints is going to be figuring out their receiving core. Uh, they, they may let go Cameron Meredith to clear up some more uh, cap space. And uh, we'll see if they bring back Dez, which I don't think they will after the injury. But uh, there's going to be a lot of guys in that uh, free agent pool that they could dive into. A uh, lot of good guys available at the wide receiver position in the free agency. And uh, we hope, hopefully they can get that receiving core back in strength because Traquan Smith, the rookie, just – he wasn't as great as uh, as great as they thought he was going to be. Speaking of Traquan Smith, he was the guy that caught Drew Brees' uh, milestone touchdown pass, which was a passing yards record. <laughs> yeah, that that was an excellent game from him and Drew Brees, and it was a lot of fun to watch that happen. And uh, it was pretty cool to see the veteran getting it to the rookie to get that record going. But uh, like I said, he 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 underperformed late in the late into the season, and when they really needed him most, he uh, didn't seem to really come through for him. So uh, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to really see what they can do with him this this off season and improving him, and they're really gonna have to dive into that free agent pool and try to get some big time guys over there on that receiving core. Yeah, and I think they could also draft some receivers too, and especially tight end. Now that Ben Watson retired, now I think those Saints should draft a tight end. Yeah, their their tight end position is also gonna be a big need, and. Uh, same with the Patriots, uh, they're, they're going to have to – they could dive into free agency and take a look at guys like, uh, like a Jared Cook. But uh, I think that the, that the draft class will probably be the best way to solve your tight end problem this, for this upcoming season. There's a couple great guys in there, uh, just like the two guys from Iowa. Um, uh, I believe his name uh, – I believe the names are uh, Font, uh, Noah Font. He was a, he's a great player, reminds me a lot of Jared Cook. Uh, he's a big time player, and then you got D- T.J. Uh, Hawkinson as well. Oh yeah, absolutely on that for sure. And then <laughs> um, I think the Saints are in a good position in 2019. So now let's talk about the team you don't like, 
and what their needs are, and that's the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, <laughs> what do you think the Atlanta Falcons need to accomplish this offseason in order to challenge the Saints for the NFC South title? Well, I think they're going to have to uh, really franchise Grady Jarrett, and I think they're going to have to bring him back. He was a great player on their defense, and I think they really need him back to continue to succeed. Uh, Matt Ryan, he, he played a great he played a great season last year despite their record. I mean, his numbers were still nearly identical to his MVP season, but their coaching their coaching hasn't been great over the it's been the number one complaint from their fans over the past couple of years uh they had problems getting Julio the ball uh last season and and until late but uh they really got to figure out that red zone offense and it's going to be tough if they lose uh Tevin Coleman I think that uh a dark horse to get Le'Veon Bell this offseason could honestly be the Falcons with uh Freeman not staying as healthy as they'd like him to be and the loss of Tevin Coleman this offseason I think the Falcons will keep Tevin Coleman, and I agree with that. The, that the, that the Falcons will keep uh, Grady Jarrett. Yeah, I, I think that they'll definitely franchise Grady Jarrett, and uh, Tevin Coleman's obviously still up in the air. But uh, if they lose Tevin Coleman, they're really going to have to uh, look towards that free agency for a running back because Freeman, as great as he has been, he also hasn't been able to stay as healthy as they'd like him to which has been a serious problem. And that's why Tevin Coleman has gotten such a big workload over the past couple of years. And hopefully for their sake, though, they can bring him back. But uh, I'm just not too uh, confident in that. Yeah, I think uh, I think uh, by looking at it, um, I think by looking at it, I think the, Fal- the Falcons, I think bringing back their cutter, the offensive coordinator, will really help the Falcons' offense get better. And then Dan Quinn calling the shots on defense will really help the Falcons be good again. Yeah, definitely. I think that their uh, play calling will uh, will definitely improve next year, and I, I think that uh, they really got to continue to make the main focus of the offense in just getting Julio Jones the football. Uh, he's their star, and he's their main guy. And if they want to win games, they got to they got to. Uh, it's going to center around him. Oh yeah, absolutely on that with Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's a good coach, but um, now. And uh, I think I think the Falcons. I see them having an eleven and five record this in twenty nineteen, better than they were last year. Uh, if they do improve, I think it'll be a little bit. I, I don't think that they'll have much of a major improvement. Uh, I think that they still will end up second in the in the division, but um, I think playoffs is still going to be tough for them. They've got a couple situations they got to figure out uh, on the defensive end, and uh, they got they had a lot of injuries this season on that defense side of the ball. But um, I think they really need to. Uh, they're really going to have to look at free agency to improve that defense because it, it struggled mightily this year. Yeah, I mean, talk about losing Keanu Neal and Ricardo Allen. Those are huge losses for that defense on the Falcons. Yeah, absolutely enormous because those guys have been huge pieces of the heart of that defense and uh, its success when they were making pl- uh, huge playoff runs and that uh, Super Bowl against the Pats. But, yeah, that defense has got to improve for them to – to be better. I mean, it, they they struggled so horribly on that ball uh, on the defense side of the ball, and it's not something any anyone expected, and it's something that the Falcons fans were were devastated about. Absolutely on that, and the priority for the Falcons this offseason, I think they're going to extend Julio Jones, and then they're going to they're going to keep Grady Jarrett. Yeah, but I actually I absolutely agree. Uh, Julio Jones is going to be their main focus, and he's their franchise guy, and he's the face of that franchise right now. So, keeping him is what they're going to focus and put all their resources on at the moment. And uh, Grady Jarrett will definitely be a guy that they've got to franchise tag. Yeah, and then also with the with the, with the Falcons, they got a good receiving core with uh, Calvin Ridley, 
And then Austin Hooper is going to be a good tight end in the NFL <laughs> soon, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That receiving core is definitely a very impressive one. And uh, I loved that pick that uh, last year when they took Calvin Ridley uh, in that in that first round, I believe. And it, he was tons of fun to watch this year. And uh, he continues to be a huge success story for wide receivers out of, the, out of Alabama. And then also for the Falcons, what I think they need, they need a center. Because I don't know how long Alex Mack will be there. So I, I have the Falcons drafting a, a center in the draft. Yeah, uh, a center is definitely a position that they'll be looking at for sure. Uh, I think that it's really going to depend on uh, who's available for their pick because they could go the defensive side of the ball because, like I said, they they they've they need some big time help over there. Uh, but yeah, I, absolutely. With Matt getting up there in uh, in age, it could be only a matter of time. Yeah, you are right about that about about a uh, about matter of time right there. So now with that being said. Um... Let's talk about the other team in your division, the NFC South. So let's move on to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So Bruce Arians is gonna is gonna help turn around this Bucks team for no time. He's gonna make Jameis Winston a more of a professional quarterback. I think Jameis Winston's gonna have a very very good season, and I do I still have the faith that Jameis Winston is the franchise guy in Tampa. Well. I've got a lot of faith in the in, in Bruce Arians, and it's and I think the story that's going to come out of Tampa Bay this year is going to be is going to be completely centered around the Bruce Arians and uh, Jameis Winston duo. But I, I just don't see Jameis Winston as a franchise quarterback anymore. Uh, Tampa Bay struggled year in and year out, and I think that I think I think it's one more year. I think you give Winston one more year at that quarterback position, and. You see, you look at how that ends up at the end of the season, and and if it, if it's if it's the same results as it has been, then I think you might have to start uh, thinking about going in another direction. I still, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I do still, I still have the, uh, I still have faith in uh, in Winston to be the franchise guy in Tampa. I I believe he will. I think he's gonna have a. Breakout year to prove it, and then he'll get a, an extension to remain the Bucks' quarterback for years to come. Right, I think I think Tampa Bay does agree with you there too, because I think that they're they're proving that they've got a lot of faith in Jameis Winston, and they're they're giving him as many chances as they can. But uh, I think that leash is a little shorter than uh, than a lot of us think, because uh, success is something that that they that really needs to happen soon in Tampa Bay, because their fans cannot be happy about the last few years. Oh, absolutely on that. But you would agree with me that you think that uh, you think that uh, what you would call this that Jameis will be the franchise guy. Bucks fans would agree with me with what I said about that. Um, Bucks fans, I I think they I think they definitely have their questions about him, and I I think that they will give him one more year as the quarterback uh, as a starting quarterback in Tampa. But I mean, they showed that they don't have as much faith as we as much faith as we might have thought when they uh, benched him earlier in the season for uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Which I know they're riding the hot hand, but it was pretty interesting to see the guy that they've been saying is their franchise quarterback all along, and they and they bench him uh, pretty early into the season after the, after even after he came back from the injury. So I think they give him one more year, see how he see how he does this season this up with this upcoming season, and. Uh, if the results stay the same, uh, I think you got to have to go in another direction, is my opinion. My opinion is Jameis Winston's going to have a breakout year, prove that he is still their franchise guy for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then he will get a new contract. 
that'll definitely be fun to watch for. Absolutely. But it, you're just saying that in your opinion, you think that Jameis Winston has to prove himself in order for him to stay in Tampa or else he's going to be gone. Yeah, I think I think he's on his last draw. I think I think that uh that I think that this season is going to define him. I think it's going to I think it's going to say a lot to the Tampa Bay franchise whether he breaks out like you like you said, like you predicted. If he breaks out, I think that uh I think that they will put just go all in on him as the franchise quarterback, but I think that this is going to be his last chance to prove it to him. I for me, I I I don't see it being his last chance proving that he's the franchise guy in Tampa. He's still the Bucks are going to pick up his fifth-year option in his deal. Yeah, I, well, by last chance, I mean that they, they, they will pick up his fifth-year fifth option, I'm sure. But I think that they may, after this year, if he doesn't perform to their expectations, and I think that uh, you, go, you, go, you might dive into the draft a little next year and uh, see, see what you can get and where you, what uh, quarterbacks end up at your spot. Yeah, and with the Bucks, and along with the quarterback situation, which I, I'm confident in with Tampa Bay and all that, I'm I'm a big Jameis Winston believer and fan of Jameis. But um, I do think the Bucks are going to add another defensive end to complement uh, Gerald McCoy. Yeah, definitely. I I think that uh, they'll definitely try to get a young guy to complement him, and it'll be really cool to see the young guy, whoever they get. Oh, uh, learn from Jared McCoy because I, I I'm sure that he'd be a great teacher down there in Tampa Bay. And uh, a lot of uh, young young defensive linemen are definitely uh, looking up to that guy. Maybe so. I mean, maybe so about that. On uh, like, like uh, we'll talk about who the, the I have the Bucks drafting Rashawn Gary from Michigan. So we'll talk about him in just a minute in our NFL segment. <laughs> but um, I mean, with the Bucks, I think they're going to move on from Deshaun Jackson. I think Mike Evans is going to be the number one target, and I do think the Bucks are going to add some receivers to help. Winston out. Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's time to move on from Deshaun Jackson uh, as his career kind of winds down as he gets up in age. But uh, yeah, I think they'll get rid of Deshaun Jackson. And I think that they will also look to free agency. And who knows, maybe even uh, in the draft at their fifth pick, they could think about getting DK Metcalf. But I do have them drafting at number five, uh, Josh Jacobs, the running back at Alabama. Uh, I think his burst of speed and his uh, athleticism and just Beast mentality could definitely be a great fit there in Tampa Bay at the running back position. That could be, but I mean, you got to get some receivers to help Jameis Winston out too. I mean, OJ Howard has turned out to be a very good piece for them at tight end in Tampa. So, I mean, the Bucks, the Bucks are definitely a team that is going to be on the rise with Bruce Arians, but they got a lot of work to do. Oh, absolutely, and. uh it, you just you really hope for him because I mean they they've they haven't done terrible in the draft of, of recently with uh, OJ Howard and things like that. But yeah, I mean they've they've got to improve, and I think Bruce Arian is definitely the guy that could uh, that could lead them in the right direction. Absolutely, on that for sure. And uh, now we'll talk about the last team we'll talk about in the NFC South in your division, who I thought started out very promising but collapsed, and that's the Carolina Panthers and. With the Panthers and what I outlined that their needs are, they need a number one receiver to complement Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton is still a great quarterback in this league, but he just didn't have a very good year last year. And I think his injuries hurt him, and I think he's got to change the style of play. Yeah, and it's also interesting to mention, too, because uh, there's been a lot of reports that he, he may not even play next season because of his injuries. And I hope that's I hope that's not true because I'd love to see him come back and compete. Uh, but yeah, the Panthers fell off last season. They dug them. They they 
they started off fantastic. They really looked like they were going to make a nice playoff push and really contend with the Patriot or with the Saints uh, in the NFC South, but uh, they they just fell off. Uh, and I think it had to do with uh, and staying healthy. I think that his shoulder just wasn't where he wanted it to be, and he tried to push through the injury a little too soon. And I think that ultimately was the demise for the Carolina Panthers last year. Yeah, I think Cam Newton pushed himself too much, but from what I heard, there were fake news reports that he's not going to be he's going to miss the 2019 season but an article i just pulled up here according to adam Schefter, the panthers expect cam newton to be ready for the 2019 season and which he should be i think he had the surgery already and i think it's gonna it's gonna suit him well and i think he will i think he's gonna have a better year next year with cam newton yeah and, and i really hope that he does return and i hope that he uh gets back to his old self but uh you, you really got to hope that he's not coming back too soon and doesn't try to push it. Uh, I'd, I'd like to see him, if he's not 100%, then, you know, take some time there at the beginning of the season. You don't have to come back right away. Uh, but I, I want to see him healthy again, and so do Carolina Panthers fans. Absolutely. So I do think I, – I, I think that when it comes to the Panthers, I expect Cam Newton to be ready for week one of the 2019 season. I would expect him to sit out preseason so that it rests his shoulder. Yeah, I think that uh, it's definitely a guarantee that he will not be playing in the preseason. The plan with Cam Newton for the upcoming 2019 season, I think he'll he'll get he'll start throwing at training camp. He'll get he'll he'll get contact, but I just think he won't play preseason games because I the thing is I I want to see Cam Newton healthy and ready to go in 2019 so that he could he could bounce back. And I think the thing what I want to see from Cam Newton is to change the way he plays. I don't want to see him run a lot that much. I want to see him throw the ball more. Yeah, and and I think that's definitely what uh, the Panthers are going to be looking for as well. I think that the coaching staff is going to want him to be staying in that pocket more rather than running out, especially with that shoulder, and uh, especially if he's not 100%. But I, I I think that he'll wait until he's 100% to come back because of what happened last season. And uh, I, I definitely don't think he'll be playing in the preseason. And uh, maybe, hopefully we'll see him early on into next season. So you think he'll be ready for week one of the 2019 season for Cam Newton? Um, I'm, not, I'm not 100% confident in that, no. Uh, I think that there's definitely, the, there's definitely a chance, but uh, I think that it might be more realistic for him to take a little bit of time off and continue to rehab and continue to get to 100%. But, uh, that, I mean, I'd like to see some updates from him later on when, it, when we get into uh, the April and May months and, every, and as it gets closer to the season. Because it is tough to tell right now. I mean, you, you, we don't know what he's thinking or what, and how he's feeling. I don't know what Cam Newton's thinking. We're obviously not in his brains or anything. But I am very optimistic that he will be ready to go week one of the 2019 season. I think this is the time for him now to start rehabbing that shoulder. Yeah, I absolutely hope you're right. So uh, talk about other areas of need for the Panthers. Obviously, they got good targets for Cam Newton. They need a number one receiver, which they haven't found. Greg Olson is now injury prone, so they got to look to get draft a tight end. Um, Christian McCaffrey's already an established star on the Panthers, and they're already going to be without Julius Peppers. Thomas Davis is most likely retiring. So do you think the Panthers are going to find some defensive pieces to add around Luke Keekley, who obviously is their defensive leader? I think they'll. I think they'll definitely have to look for some defensive pieces, uh, whether it's in the draft or free agency. I mean, uh, I I I also think that they've got to take a look at their offensive line as well. I I have them uh, drafting an offensive lineman in the first round, uh, Andre Dillard out of Washington D- 
Washington State, and he's and it's because their priority is going to be protecting Cam Newton next season, uh, as well as getting him a couple targets to to utilize at that wide receiver position, like you said. Yeah, and I think the the Panthers should uh, definitely re-sign Devin Funches. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because if they let him go, he'll be a big big guy that uh, teams with wide receiver needs will be looking at, like the Saints. Yeah, I I, I see the Saints keeping uh, Devin Funches, T- Taylor Heineke as a backup quarterback to Cam Newton. Um, I Thomas Davis, I think, will most likely retire. Yeah, I, th- I think I, I think it's probably it for uh, Thomas Davis, and, uh, and and I think they really got to focus on trying to bring Funches back because that wide receiver core is going to be looking very weak if they lose Funches, and uh, they could risk him going to a team like the Saints in the division and uh, hungry to prove him wrong. So that'll be that, that's something that they're not going to want to face. They're not going to want to face uh, Funches two games a season. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you're definitely in the minds of Marty Herney and uh, and the ownership group of the Panthers and their new, and their new owner. They don't want to lose a guy like Devin Funches, who I think they're still very very high on. And it's kind of like to compare it, like Mickey Loomis and 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 Mrs. Gail Benson not wanting to lose Drew Brees. Yeah, exactly. And I think that uh, when you've got the guy that you really believe in, you got to you got to go all in on him. And I, just like the Ravens did with uh, Lamar Jackson, just like the Saints did with Drew Brees, and I think the Panthers have got to start thinking about doing that with a wide receiver here with Devin Punches. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, if you look at the defense of the Panthers, now that Thomas Davis, Julius Peppers, all those guys retired, Luke Keekley's the man now leading this defense. He's already grown into that leader, which I have seen. And I like Luke Keekley a lot. I'm a huge Luke Keekley fan of, of, of the Panthers. Yeah, he, he's fun to watch, and he is the heart of that Panthers defense. And uh, the Panthers fans and their and their franchise are very high on him, and and for good reason. I mean, he, he's a freak on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, an absolute animal. And it, he's one of the most explosive uh, defensive players that that we have in the NFL right now. Yeah, but you do you think that the Panthers should consider t- drafting a tight end because Greg Olson keeps getting hurt? And I think Cam Newton should get younger receivers around him so that he could help them. And although people don't like Cam Newton because of his personality, I honestly am a big Cam Newton fan. By the way, yeah, I, I think that uh, I think that the tight end position is something that they will uh, think about addressing this offseason, uh, whether it's in the draft or free agency. But I, I don't think that. Uh, that it will necessarily be in the draft because of the fact that I think that they have other needs that they need to address first. That I don't think that the tight end position is on the top of their list. Uh, I think that they just hope that uh, Greg Olson can stay healthy enough to play at least a few games of the season. But uh, they'll, they'll definitely, they'll, I think they'll definitely look to free agency for that one and maybe get a nice compliment to Greg Olson uh, to get him a decent backup over there just in case he does uh, run back to his injury problems. But no, I, I don't think that they'll... Uh, that they'll put that as a main focus, especially not in the draft. Absolutely. Absolutely on the Carolina Panthers and all that. But um, I think um, now that we kind of touched on the NFC South and we'll talk about breakout players for each division in just a minute, let's go. And then, and then I have a, and then I have another question. I going to talk to you here. There's two questions I have first with regarding the new England Patriots. So, do you think Tom Brady gets a contract extension and that will take him until his age 45 season? And now with, with the addition of Greg Schiano now with the, uh, as the new defensive coordinator of the Patriots, do you see him 
see Greg Schiano making the Patriots a top five defensive team? Well, I, I see. Uh, I, I think the Patriots. I mean, they're obviously going to give Tom Brady uh, whatever he wants. Almost. I mean, the, the, their main focus is going to be to bring him back, of course. But I, I don't know uh, if it'll be now or later. But he. But Brady does tend to uh, sign his contract extensions with about two years to go. He still uh, has. 2019's his contract year, so expect the Patriots to get a contract extension with him done this year. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they just went ahead and knocked it out in the offseason uh, with this upcoming offseason, but uh, it'll be something that they will... I don't think they'll be rushing too much into because I think they both know that they both want each other and they both want to uh, keep Brady there, and he'll obviously will stay there. And uh, whether it's through, whether it's till he's 45, we'll have to see. Uh, maybe they'll go with a smaller contract to start, maybe like two years, three years, see how he is, then maybe extend him for another year or two later on down the road. And as for Shiano, I, I think uh, uh, I think that he'll um, he'll definitely be a great help to uh, coaching on this defense on the defense for the Pats. Uh, a top five defense, uh, I think, might be a bit of a stretch. I think top ten will definitely be where they fit in. Uh, but, uh, I don't know. I don't, I'm not a hundred percent sure or all in on the Pats being a top five, uh, defense next season. I say that cause I know with Greg Chiato, he's a very, very great coach and he has a good <laughs> defensive mind. Oh yeah. His, his defensive mind is what he prides himself on. And, and, uh, I mean, he'll no doubt be a great help to the Patriots defense. And I think that they will definitely stay atop the league, but uh, I think it'll be more in the top 10 rather than the top five. I think he and Bill Belichick are going to work great together. I know both of them are very, very good friends. So that was a question I wanted to ask you before we move on to the NFC West, which is my other division. Yeah, the, it, it's. I think that that's a fantastic duo with uh, Belichick and Shiano, and I think that they're going to, as you said, they're they're great friends, and I think that they're going to work very well together uh, in this upcoming season. They'll be fun to watch. Absolutely on that. But now let's move on to the NFC West and let's first talk about my NFC team, the LA Rams. And a couple of questions we're going to ask you here is, you think Marcus Peters is going to get a contract extension? Should the Rams keep Fowler, Sue, and Saffold? And if Whitworth retires, what do the Rams do at left tackle? Well, uh, I, I think that Peters getting a contract extension uh, it's really going to depend on how much faith they have in him because he was a little inconsistent at times this season. Uh, he, he did blow a couple big plays in late in games at some time at, at uh, points in the season. But uh, I, and as for Fowler and Sue, I, I think that uh, I think that they may end up letting Fowler go. He was uh, he was a little inconsistent. But I mean, if you can get him at a good price, then then they'll definitely look into it. But I, I think that he'll end up uh, he'll end up on his way out. And uh, Sue will be someone that they will uh, probably focus on more than Fowler. And um yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see who they re-sign and who they don't this season because they have a lot of options and on a lot of players' uh, expiring contracts. So you think the Rams will keep C.J. Anderson, too, to compliment Todd Gurley? Well, he had, he had amazing and shocking success with them this year, so I absolutely think that they'll uh, make it a priority to try to bring him back to compliment Gurley. What about Soffel? Do you think he will uh, – do you think he'll stay, too? I think so. Yeah, I, I think that they'll definitely uh, he'll, he'll definitely be up on their priority list of players to keep. Absolutely on that. And also, do you think the Rams are going to give the franchise tag again to LaMarcus Jordan, who I expect the Rams to keep for sure to stabilize that defense? Uh, 
I wouldn't be surprised if they ended up letting him go because if they do, they're going to have to probably lean towards free agency to fill that hole. Uh, But, but I mean, yeah, they, they, they definitely may franchise tag him. And if they do, I think it, I don't think it would be a bad decision. I think it'd be a smart decision to franchise tag him. Will they? Uh, we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if they will. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. But and then the other question is, do you think, even though there are rumors <laughs> about Kirk Cousins coming to the Rams and that's just fake news, do you think the Rams are going to end up extending Jared Goff, even though he has a fifth year option in his current deal right now? Do you think the Rams are definitely giving Jared Goff a contract extension pretty soon? Uh, yeah, I think it'll be soon. I, I don't think it'll be like, um, within this offseason or anything like that but yeah they'll, that's definitely their franchise guy and he proved it by bringing them to the Super Bowl this year and they've got a fantastic wide receiver core uh for him to throw balls at and it's I, I think he's going to be a longtime quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams I was telling you that the Kirk Cousins rumors to the Rams once Kirk Cousins contract <laughs> expires with the with the Vikings is just fake yeah, that's that's one hundred percent fake. I, I, that's not a realistic thing at all. Uh, it, it wouldn't make any sense to me at all uh, why they would bring Kirk Cousins in uh, when they have Jared Goff, uh, and why would you even need to spend the money on him? You know, so I, I think that they're definitely going to just stick with Jared Goff and then uh, go ahead and get a backup quarter, backup, uh, just a decent backup quarterback, which. Uh, they could be looking into the AAF there. I mean, there's been rumors that they've uh, looked into that new professional football league in the AAF at uh, Luis Perez, uh, Birmingham Irons, current quarterback who uh, drew a lot of interest from his uh, performance on Saturday. And uh, the Rams apparently were very sad to let him go in the first place. But uh, they, I mean, he, he'd be someone to look for as their backup quarterback to uh, uh, back up golf. Yeah. I mean, for sure on that, but I mean, the thing is, expect the Rams to extend Jared Goff and also give a small extension to Akeem Tlaib because of his familiarity and good relationship with Wade Phillips. Yep, definitely. Uh, Goff will be extended, and I think Akeem Tlaib will as well. He's been a great player for them, and uh, he's a great veteran presence. And uh, I think he's a very good uh, veteran teacher for that uh, Rams defense. Yeah, so if Whitworth retires... Who do you think replaces them at left tackle? Do you see Rob Havenstein moving over to the left side? Um, it's 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 tough to say. I, I think that uh, I think that they'll definitely uh, consider bringing him in, uh, just kind of like sticking with the guys that they've already got. But um, it, they could also go into the free agency or maybe even uh, the draft. There's a lot of uh, offensive linemen uh, talent in the draft and. Uh, it would be a smart place for them to look, and I think that that's where they may go. It may be late in the draft where they decide to uh, go in that direction. But, yeah, I think that they'll uh, probably get a young guy and then um, to see if uh, there'll be some, there'll be some uh, competition there for that starting role in the left tackle position. I, I see it going either way, but I do expect somehow Andrew Whitworth is going to remain on L.A. Ram for one more <laughs> season. Yeah, I'd like, to see, I'd like to see him come back up over there and uh, – continue to protect Jared Goff because uh, as far as offensive lineman goes, he, he's he's a really fun player to watch, and uh, he's uh, he's just a beast. Yeah, ex- so expect the Rams to keep uh, Andrew Whitworth this year for just one more year until whoever succeeds him is ready. Yeah, I definitely expect him to come back. I think they're going to be 
practically on their hands and knees begging him to come back. Uh, and I think that they'll uh, have to address that left tackle position uh, sometime next season, after next season. So now with that being said, um, let's talk about the other offseason needs for the uh, for the NFC West. And let's go to the Seahawks. And with the Seahawks, I think they're going to extend Russell Wilson. That's gonna, that's not going to be the issue there. I think that if they get rid of Earl Thomas, they're going to rebuild the defense for sure. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think it is rebuilding time for that defense. Uh, the years of the Legion boom are over, and it is definitely time to begin to rebuild that defense. And I think for that reason, they will have a little bit of a down year next season. I think they'll be around the uh, nine and seven range at the end of next season. I see them actually making the playoffs again. The Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, it's a realistic thing, but I, I just I just don't see it. I think that it's it's too it's uh, they're gonna have too much rebuilding on that defensive side of the ball, and they're not gonna win the division. I, the Rams are gonna win the division again, and for them to make the playoffs, they're going to have to be I uh, somewhere around ten and six, and I, I just I just don't see that happening again. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean Russell Wilson's gonna keep the Seahawks in playoff race for sure. So I mean, so expect the Seahawks to have another second place finish. Yeah, that that is what I expect. I think they'll have another second place finish, but I don't know if they'll be lucky enough to make the playoffs. But I do. But of course, Russell Wilson will be will be the one leading them if if uh, if it does come down to it, and he's going to be the reason for them to make the playoffs if they do again. Which uh, which I don't I don't think it'll happen. But uh, but Russell Wilson is definitely someone not to bet against. Absolutely on that for sure, and also. So um, let's talk about now for our offseason outlook with the team needs are for the San Francisco 49ers. I think when Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt, that really changed their season when they, from now being the second worst team in the NFL. But with him coming back, do you think the 49ers are going to be a better team this year? I think, well, of course, I think they're definitely going to improve from their four and twelve season last year. Uh, as they get Garoppolo back, uh, they they have no, they can only go up from here. Uh, the defense will need some help, and I think that that'll come with the draft, especially if the uh, Cardinals don't decide to go with Nick Bosa at number one. I think that the Forty ers will definitely pick him up, and he would be a huge help on that defensive line, and uh, could really could really be a huge anchor for that defense. I don't have the Niners getting Nick Bosa at number two. I have Nick Bosa going to the Cardinals. Yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, I just, I just, for some reason, have this, uh, have this feeling that they're gonna, that they're gonna take a gamble and just go with the, uh, give Josh Rosen some of that uh, quarterback competition over there and get Kyler Murray, which would leave Nick Bosa to the 49ers at number two. And uh, I know that's what the 49ers are hoping and praying for. I don't see the Cardinals getting Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury already said Josh Rosen's their guy and expect the Cardinals to get a decent backup quarterback for Josh Rosen. Yeah. I mean, I, I see where you're coming from and it makes a whole lot of sense. It's just, I, I don't like to listen to coaches when they talk a, a whole lot about uh, their quarterbacks and, and ways like that, because he's not going to come out and he's not going to say, look, uh, I don't have any faith in Josh Rosen anymore. We're definitely going to look at the draft and think about drafting Kyler Murray. I think that uh, it that it'll be interesting to watch for on draft night, but I think that could be the shock of the draft. I think Kyler Murray number one would be a huge shock, and there's definitely a high chance of that happening. I don't think it is. I I have the Cardinals getting Nick Bosa because I think you got <laughs> the Cardinals got to build that defense with Chandler Jones. Nick Bosa is their guy at number one for the Cardinals. 
Yep, definitely. Uh, the, their defense is going to be something that they have to focus on, and it's going to be interesting to see which one they'd like to focus on more, whether whether it's uh, whether it's the offense or the defense. So I say I say the Cardinals. We'll get to my mock draft in just a minute, but Nick Bosa is the guy that I'm committed to for the Cardinals to get at number one. Yep, I, I'm going to stick with Kyler Murray on this one too, but uh, I guess we'll just have to disagree, uh, agree to disagree. Yeah, for sure. We'll get to that in just a minute here. So, uh, with the Niners, what they need, what their needs are. I know George Kittle's going to be a number one target for Garoppolo. Do you think they need to get some receivers too to kind of help him out? Yeah, I think that'll definitely be the direction that they go, and I think that it will be free agency where they can get guys. I, I think that uh, John Brown will be a receiver to look for. Uh, he'd be an interesting piece to that uh, 49ers offense. But uh, I think uh, Kittle is going to be the leading uh, – will probably be the leading receiver uh, on that uh, offense again next season. Yeah, and talk about Matt Breida. That run game is going to be really good with Matt Breida and Jarek McKinnon complimenting each other. Yeah, th- those two guys have really broke out, especially Breida. He, he's, he's a fun, explosive back to watch, and uh, McKinnon is a great compliment to him in that backfield. Yeah, and then also talk about guys like DeForest Buckner going to continue improving and being the man that's going to lead the 49ers in the defensive side of the ball. And also Joe Staley, still a great captain of that offensive line. But I, I think the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be one of the reasons why the 49ers turn around this year. Well, definitely. Having a, having a healthy uh, franchise quarterback that they believe in is definitely going to improve their record. 4-12 uh, and 12 is not going to happen again. Uh, they, they, I think they'll be. I don't think they're going to be competing for the division. Uh, I don't think they're going to be winning it by any stretch. But uh, I think there's going to be a drastic improvement coming from uh, the 49ers for next season. Absolutely for that for the forty for the Forty ers But expect Nick Mullins to be the backup quarterback, and I think CJ Beathard's going to move on. Yeah, I think it is time. But uh, and uh. Uh, Mullins was a, was a great fit for them last year. He, he came in, and uh, I, I know they didn't have much success winning, but uh, he he was a decent he was a decent backup for him, and uh, I think that they'll definitely end up keeping him. And uh, yeah, uh, it'll be fun to see Garoppolo come back healthy. And then let's talk about the uh, Arizona Cardinals before I have a couple questions for you about the <laughs> NFC West. So let's talk about the Cardinals. Obviously, I I do think Josh Rosen's going to have a better year, it's a better sophomore year. I think Cliff Kingsbury's going to turn him around. And uh, I know I did I did predict that the Cardinals are going to get Nick Bosa, and I disagree with the Colin Murray thing that you said with the Cardinals. So um, now with, with Kingsbury as the coach, and he's going to develop Josh Rosen. And do you think the Cardinals need a tight end to kind of help develop him? Because I know Kirk is not bad of an option as well with Fitzgerald, obviously the elder statesman of the team. What do you think the Cardinals need to do? I think they need to get some young wide receivers in there to help him out, and I think they need to get uh, some better protection for Josh Rosen. Uh, if they are really are going to go all in on Josh Rosen and uh, they decide to go the route of drafting Nick Bosa, then they're going to need to develop him and they're going to need him to really step up next season because uh, when he was coming into the league, he was, uh, he was a big talker. and he, he talked about being the best talent in the, in the draft, and we've yet to see that from him. And uh, I, I really hope that he can figure out a way to improve next season because uh, this season was just uh, abysmal for them. Yeah, he didn't have a good rookie year. I didn't <laughs> think he, was, he wasn't he was around an offensive-minded coach that helped him out with his development, but with Cliff Kingsbury, I think he's going to help Josh Rosen out very well. Yeah, Cliff Kingsbury, I think, I think he is the main reason why they brought him in 
was because he was such an offensive-minded coach and they struggled so mightily on that side of the ball. And uh, David Johnson also uh, had a had a quietly uh, quiet down year. Uh, I mean, he, he was he was still all right in the uh, towards the ending, but at the beginning it was a little tough. And uh, Josh Rosen's pa- and him in the passing game were struggling all season long and just couldn't find a rhythm to get in. Hopefully, uh, Kingsbury can get them back into that rhythm. So you and I both disagree on the number one pick. So I agree with Nick Bosa being the number one pick, and you said it's going to be Kyler Murray. I do, I do think I do expect the the, the Cardinals to commit to Nick Bosa. Yeah, I, I the reason why I, the main reason why I think that is I think that Josh Rosen was a little forced because the the quarterback class last year was not great, and nobody was too high on a whole lot of people rather than. Uh, the Ravens, uh, they, they, they showed interest in uh, Lamar Jackson very early on. But uh, I, I think that he was a little forced on them. Uh, I, I think that he wasn't really the guy that they wanted to go with. And I think that uh, – I think Kyler Murray would be a great person to bring in, bring some quarterback competition up there and see how uh, Rosen fares under that, uh, under that pressure. So, uh, I mean, I mean – that's your opinion, but I do expect the Cardinals to end up with Nick Bosa after all, so that he and Chandler Jones can complement each other. <laughs> yeah, it, it will definitely be interesting for us to watch on draft night for that number one pick because uh, I think that is going to be a huge story uh, no matter who they pick. But uh, Nick Bosa is a logical option, and I think Kyler Murray is as well uh, just because of the fact that they've they've got to figure out that offense. They have to figure out that offense. I think – I think I think Josh Rosen will 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 be their guy going forward. From what I from what I read from what I saw today on the internet today about what Cliff Kingsbury said, but he did clarify Kyler Murray's praise. From what I saw today on the article on the article, yeah, he he did he did he does praise Josh Rosen, but I, I just I, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent all in on what he's saying there and. Uh, I don't know whether to believe him or not, and that's why I, I'm going to stick with Kyler Murray for now unless anything changes. But uh, Nick Bosa is a logical option for them. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they picked him at number one. Uh, I think it. I think uh, I'm just going out on a limb here with Kyler Murray. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if Nick Bosa is drafted number one. But uh, Kyler Murray is someone who uh, could be very interesting to pick up there. Yeah, this is what it said right here on this article. It said, Cliff Kingsbury said he liked Kyler Murray in October, but today, yesterday, he said he's sticking with Josh Rosen as his starting quarterback. And I do believe that the Cardinals front office will find a good backup quarterback that Josh Rosen can learn from. Yeah, we'll have to wait on the clarity as the as it gets closer to the draft, and uh, we'll see what uh, he continues to report to the media. But uh, he, he is high on Kyler Murray, and he's high on Josh Rosen. So we'll see which direction he decides to go. And um, he is an offensive-minded coach to keep, so you got to keep that in mind as well. But yeah, it'll be interesting. So yeah, I, I I do expect Josh Rosen to be the quarterback of the future of the uh, Arizona Cardinals because I think they have found their guy. From what I'm asking, they've been through a lot of quarterbacks that were veterans, but I now think that this is the this is the, this is their pick who they think is going to lead their franchise for the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately for me, I th- I think they've they've found a bust. I I don't think that he is going to meet their expectations anytime soon. And uh, if they don't pick up Kyler Murray this year, I think it's only a matter of time for him. I think he's going to be on a shorter leash than most of the uh, young quarterbacks. Um, and we'll have to keep an eye on his progress for next season. Absolutely. So now let's talk about now 
And I have, a, I have one more question on the NFC West right here. So now, do you think Sean McVay is going to receive a contract extension in this offseason since the job he's done in his first two years as the head coach of my L.A. Rams? I absolutely do. Uh, I, I think Sean McVay has proven already this early in his, in his NFL career, I, I think that he's proven that he is one of the best uh, that there is in the, in the game right now. And, uh, it's some, and he's a guy that a lot of teams uh, showed that they, were, that they were trying to model their coaches after that they were hiring this season. They, a lot of them went for the younger guys and seemed to all be uh, trying to pick up on the model of the young quarterback that Sean McVay is. And he reminds me a lot of uh, Sean Payton. He's a, he's a gutsy guy. And uh, he's unpredictable, and he's always fun to see uh, as a play caller. It's really exciting. Absolutely. And now um, there's some coaching changes to the Rams now. So, uh, so the Rams have now have Wes Phillips as the tight ends coach. Shane Waldron will be the new quarterbacks coach. I think that's going to work well with Jared Goff. And then, um, and then he plans to hire uh, an assistant QB coach. And then Jed Finch will now be the offensive coordinator for for the LA Rams. Yeah, and, and and those guys will be. Uh, I think I think they're all pretty good. Uh, I don't have too many complaints there, and uh, I think that uh, they'll all be able to work well with McVay. And uh, I'm just excited to see that that offense go back to work again next season, and uh, and uh, maybe they'll get a little improvement from the defense. So we'll see about that as well. Absolutely. So now with the Patriots left some of their open vacant spots, which I'll talk about. I predict that Brett Bielema, the former Arkansas coach will be the assistant head coach slash defensive line coach. I predict two, two reunions on the, on the coaching staff of the Patriots, like bringing back Eric Mangini and Pepper Johnson to their position, to, to be position coaches on the team again. And then Bill Belichick's son, Brian, will be the new wide receivers coach. And they just added Mick Lombardi as the assistant QB coach, the son of Michael Lombardi. Yeah, I, I think that those are all great fits as well with Belichick and uh, Belichick and uh... – McVeigh are going to be great mentors. I mean, Belichick's already proven to be a great mentor, and uh, I think that he'll get these coaches uh, in the right direction. I think that uh, th- they'll have just as much success as they did last season for both teams. So, who, do you, do you, so, I, so you agree with the Brett Bielema hire to for him to be promoted from the uh, co- from the consultant to the head coach to be the assistant head coach and defensive line coach. I don't have a whole lot of complaints there. I think that I think that that I think it's fine. I think uh, that that defensive line will still be great, and I think that uh, he'll he'll be the reason for it. Yeah, and what about uh, bringing back Pepper Johnson <laughs> as the Patriots linebackers coach to kind of fill that hole that Brian Flores left? Yeah, uh, I'm really excited to see how Pepper Pepper Johnson fares. Uh, I think that he's also once again another great fit. I think that these two teams made great hires at the. Uh, vacant coaching uh, spots. And uh, I think that uh, I think that they'll all maintain that success through next season, even with these new guys coming in, they, all these new faces. What about bringing back Eric Mangini as the cornerbacks coach for the Patriots? I think he and Belichick forgave each other of that Spygate scandal back in 2007. Yeah, I think that's the biggest story for these uh, coaching hires. And that's going to be interesting to see that relationship uh, be uh, – kind of begin a part two uh the 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 relationship will be fun to watch all season and uh, i think there'll be a lot of stories coming out of there and that'll be the early story uh going into next season so yeah i'm excited about that relationship uh beginning anew and uh we'll see how it fares for them 
And then I, I, I expect Bill's son, Brian, to be the new wide receivers coach. Yeah, I think I think you're right on that one, especially with the Bill Belichick connection. And uh, who wouldn't want more Belichicks over there in uh, New England? Absolutely. So, so the and then the Saints talk about they need one more coaching position to be filled. Their assistant special teams. So you got Darren Rezzi from the Dolphins. He's now your new special teams coordinator. So talk about on the Saints. Who do you think? Who do you like out of the coordinators? Do you like Pete Carmichael or do you like Dennis Allen? I like Pete Carmichael. Uh, a lot of the, a lot of, a lot of his coaching in the past has been great, and, and I think that he did well with them uh, this last season. And I hope that they stick with him. To be honest with you, yeah, he was, he was, he was in considerations for head coaching positions, but I do think he will remain a he will he'll remain the Saints' offensive coordinator, though. Yeah, I really hope that the Saints can find a way to hang on to him because uh, that offense was fun to watch this year. And uh, he's, he's been a great help to that offense, I think, and uh, maintaining them as one of the top offenses in the league. And so I really hope that they are able to get uh, Carmichael back, and we'll have to see uh, as long as he's not hired as a head coach somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. So now, with that being said, let's start off with <laughs> breaking down our breakout players for each team in, in the divisions that we are previewing today. So let's start off with the AFC East for the Patriots. This guy I have breaking out in 2019 is a guy that I think was supposedly going to be a steal in the draft until he got hurt. And I think this this upcoming season, he's going to be really, really good, both on the offensive and defensive side of the balls. For the offensive side of the ball, that's going to be Isaiah Wynn. And for the defensive side of the ball, that's going to be Joan Bentley. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see Isaiah Wynn next season. I think that you're 100% right on that. I think he'll be a huge breakout player. Uh, coming out of Georgia and uh, yeah, I mean, keep, keep your eyes on him. I think he'll be the biggest breakout for them uh, coming off the torn Achilles. And uh, I really hope that he's able to bounce back. I'd like to see him have a long and successful career here in the NFL. And then you agree with the Juwan Bentley one, two for the defensive breakout player of the year for the Patriots. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of other big names on that defensive side, but, but I agree with you that he will have a, uh, some great success next year and we'll definitely uh, continue to improve as the year goes on. Yeah. So I'm for a breakout players in 2019 for each team, we're just doing one offense, one defense for each team. Okay. So now let's go to the jets, the team I don't like as a Patriots fan myself. So um, I think for my offensive breakout player, I'm going with Sam Donald and for my defensive breakout player, um, who I see improving a lot. I know Jamal Adams is going to be the leader on that defense of the jets. So I think it's I think uh, who I think see I think uh, Leonard Williams I think is going to be having a breakout year too. I think he's only going to get better <laughs> for both teams. Yeah, pick both of the USC people. Yep, yep. I think the I think the Trojans have got the uh, I think the Jets have got themselves some great Trojans right there. Uh, Sam Darnold, I expect to have a uh, a big season next year. Uh, I really hope that he can uh, continue to improve and uh, bring back. Uh, USC quarterbacks in the NFL and uh, I agree that uh, I agree with the Leonard Williams and I think that uh, Jamal Murray like you said will be right up there with the breakout players as he'll continue to be a uh, a a big time player for that uh, Jets defense absolutely for sure on that on that on on Jamal at on on what I said about for Leonard Williams and uh, Sam Donald so now let's go to the Buffalo Bills my offensive breakout player of the year I know Josh Rosen had somewhat of a solid rookie season. He's going to be even better this year, so he's my offensive breakout player of the year for the 
Buffalo Bills and on the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Tredavious White, <laughs> watch him to watch him continue to grow and develop into that shutdown corner he is right now. Uh, I, I, I agree a lot there. I, I think that on the offensive side of the ball, I think uh, I think Josh Rosen is going to continue no, to Allen. Or, I'm sorry, Josh Allen will continue to uh, improve, and uh, I think that strong arm will will uh, help out that defense a lot. And I think that something to look uh, to look into will definitely be uh, if they pick up DK Metcalf in the draft. I think that he could also be a huge breakout player as a rookie on that team. Yeah, and then you agree with Tre'Davious White on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think Tredavious White is their main guy, and I think that he is going to absolutely break out for that defense next year. He'll be fun to watch. Yeah, for sure. But the Bills will, won't are not are still not not still not as good as the Patriots, if you know what I mean. No, absolutely not. And now let's go to the <laughs> Miami Dolphins. Although they're going to release Ryan Tannehill, and I do predict Amendola is going to get cut by the Dolphins, and he is going to be, come back to my Patriots, which I expect to happen. My breakout players for the Dolphins are for the for the offensive side of the ball. I'm picking Devontae Parker, and on the defensive side of the ball, Minka Fitzpatrick. I agree with the Minka Fitzpatrick. That's exactly what I was going to say. And uh, I think that uh, I think a breakout player could be Kenyon Drake. I think he's someone to watch for. Uh, I know he's been inconsistent in the past, but uh, I think as he continues to get comfortable there in uh, that Dolphins offense, I think that. Uh, he will continue to show improvement. I think he can uh, have a breakout year next year, especially if they don't sign a big name uh, running back in the free agency. Yeah, that's for sure. But I mean, for the Dolphins, we want to get to that quickly. I do expect the Dolphins to release Tannehill and Amendola because I think they're going to start from scratch. And I, <laughs> and I expect Danny Amendola to come back to the Patriots as part of my free agent target for, for the Patriots. Yeah, those guys will definitely be gone very soon. So, so you, so you think both Amendola and Tannehill are going to be out of Miami? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's time for a change with uh, Tannehill, and I think uh, Amendola. Uh, I think, I think it's, I think it's time for them to release him as well. I think, I think it's time to go in another direction. Yeah, because I'm in the mind of Brian Flores, who was obviously who used to work for my Patriots as the uh, co as the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach. I'm just in his perspective and jumping into what his head is thinking. I do believe that that I do think he should start – he should develop a quarterback in his own in Miami. Yeah, I completely agree with that as well. So now um, let's move on to your division and talk about the Saints breakout player in 2019. So who do you think – let's start with you. Who do you think will break out both offensively and defensively next year for the New Orleans Saints? Well, I think the I think that uh, the Saints are going to have a uh, – I think they're going to have to hope that uh, Sheldon Rankins can come back and continue to bounce back for him. And uh, I, I, I like Alvin Kamara having another big season next year and uh, Marshawn Lattimore as well. Uh, on the offensive side of the ball, I think the, I, I'm hoping that Traquan Smith can figure out a way to break out. I mean, they really need him to make some noise on that offense. And uh, I think they need Demario Davis to play just as well as he did this year and bring that into next year. For me, I'm picking Traquan <laughs> Smith. I think he's going to really improve next year. And then for the defensive side, I'm picking uh, a guy who I think is, is going to prove himself next year is Marcus Davenport. Yeah, I mean, I, I really want to see him get some more playing time because I, I was really excited about him in the draft, and uh, they traded up to get him, so they got a lot. Of, they, they, they gave up a lot for him, and uh, I think they want to see him come out and uh, start, start playing a big role in that uh, defense, and it's going to be interesting to see because – They've got a lot of great defensive players, and if they can get Davenport uh, going on that line, then he will. Then 
he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. Absolutely. Now let's go to the Falcons and who we think their breakout players are. For me, I'm going to start off with my offensive breakout player of the year for the Dolphins in two th- in the for the Falcons in 2019. I'm going with Calvin Ridley, and on the defensive side of the ball, I'm gonna I'm gonna see I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Isaiah Oliver. As as far as the offense goes, I think that you're uh, that you're right on the right on the nose for uh, Calvin Ridley. I mean, he, he proved last season that he's an absolute freak, and that uh, the guy can play with the best of them and go up against some of the best corners in the league. Especially being complimented by Julio Jones, it, it gets a lot of pressure off of him. And then he's able to have those big playmaking abilities. Uh, on the defense side of the ball, it's a huge question mark to me. I I, I think that. Uh, they're going to try to get Vic Beasley back, and he had a down year. And uh, hopefully, if they do get him back, he can break out for them because they really needed him this year, and uh, they're going to need him next year if they can get him back. Absolutely. So now um, let's talk about the Bucks and their breakout players for each side of the ball. For the offensive side of the ball, <laughs> this guy had a very solid season, but it's going to get better. It's going to be O.J. Howard. And on the defensive side of the ball, by looking at it, obviously, you know, uh, Gerald McCoy and uh, – and uh, Levante David are the anchors of the defense on the uh, Buccaneers. But um, I think my breakout player on the defensive side of the ball for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is Vernon Hargraves. Uh, I, 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 th- I, think you're, I think you're right on it too right there. But uh, I, I'd like to see Vita Bay. Uh, I'd like to see him come out and uh, off of his rookie season. I'd like to see him improve mightily, and I, I hope that he can be a, a freak on that line. And uh, as far as the offense goes, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it's a if it's a rookie running back if if they get a, if they can get Josh Jacobs with that fifth pick I I think that he could be a huge breakout player for them, and uh, be a huge help immediately. Absolutely. So now let's talk about the Carolina Panthers now. Who their offensive <laughs> and defensive players break out will break out in twenty nineteen. So for the offensive side of the ball. I'm going to go with a guy that I think is going to continue to get better, especially in the slot, two offensive players. I'm going to go with Kurt Samuel and DJ Moore. And on the defensive side of the ball, Shaq Thompson. Watch out for Shaq Thompson. Oh, Shaq Thompson is a freak. Uh, but as for the offensive side, I, I think uh, I think DJ Moore could, uh, could put up a pretty good season next year. I think that uh, – They'll really need him to step up with the uh, if they do end up losing Funches, and uh, that receiving core will really need his uh, production next year. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the NFC West and talk about breakout players for each side of the ball for each team in the NFC West. So for me, obviously, Jared Goff and Todd Gurley are are gonna be are already established players. I think my breakout player of 2019 for the LA Rams. It's an easy choice for me. I'm gonna go with Jared Goff, <laughs> and on the defensive side of the ball. I'm going with John Franklin Myers. Uh, I'm a, I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball with uh, Brandon Cooks. I love his speed. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL to watch. And uh, really sad about the Saints getting rid of him because he is a great player for the Rams, and I think he'll have a huge breakout season as he continues to improve in the NFL. Uh, as for the defensive side of the ball, uh, it, it's a toss-up over there. I mean, they got a lot of great players on the on that team, and uh, I think that um, I think if they can get Marcus Peters back, I think he's going to be motivated to have another to try to bounce back from his inconsistencies of this year. And I think that he'll try to uh, be a force on that defense. 
Yeah, and then don't forget about Cooper Cup. I also have him breaking out in 2019 as well after coming off that torn ACL. Talk about him being missed in that Rams offense. Yeah, it, it was rough to see him go down because uh, he was also another fun player to watch, just like the rest of that receiving core of uh, Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks. Uh, they, they'd love to have him back because they, they did miss him a little bit down the, down the stretch. And uh, Cooper Cup was having a breakout season before the injury, and uh, hopefully he can continue to break out next year. And then watch out for Gerald Everett. But for me, I'm just choosing one for each team when it comes to the Rams. For my breakout player, I'm sticking with Jared Goff. But I think Gerald Everett is going to be a guy that's <laughs> going to continue to get better. He's more of that Jordan Reed t- type of player. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that that tight end position is what they're uh, – It's some. It's, it would be a nice compliment to uh, the wide receivers on that team because they've already got a great receiving core. If they can get tight ends involved in the red zone, that they're going to be they're going to be a, a very scary offense uh, – although they already are. Yeah, Higby's more of a blocking tight end, but I think Everett's more of the receiving tight end. Right, which is why they'll, they'll, they'd love to get him. Uh, they'd love to have him step up next next season. And uh, Higby was great. I, I mean, it blo- as far as blocking went, and he, he helped in the running game, he helped in the passing game. Uh, his blocking is definitely his strong suit, and I think that uh, he'll continue to be a great piece to that Rams offense. Yeah, and also watch out for Robert Woods, too. Yep, that entire receiving core is they're all I like them cuz they're all very equal in talent. I, I think that uh they're all just uh they, all of them could be number one uh wide receivers over there and but uh Brandon Cooks is just my favorite but just because of that killer speed and uh just that mentality on the offensive side of the ball. He, he's just so fun to watch when he's got it in open field. Absolutely. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league too ever since he came in and I had him I had him being a Patriot when he was when he first entered the draft because I was wanting him to play with a Hall of, future Hall of Fame quarterback. And then when he played for the Saints, he was great there. And then when he when he was on my Patriots two seasons ago, he was great there. But I'm happy I get to see Brandon Cooks on at least one of my favorite teams still, if it's not the Patriots. At least it's in L.A., though, for, for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, and as a Saints fan, we definitely miss him over there, uh, especially now that they ha- are having the water shoe problems that they are. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we the Saints miss him, and uh, I'm sure the Patriots are missing them as well, as missing, missing Brandon Cooks as well, because that guy is a diamond-in-the-rough kind of talent. I mean, his speed is, is unteachable. And a game-changing t- game-changer, too. Oh, absolutely. He, he can always make that big play that you need, especially down the stretch. You need the big long ball, he's got it. You need the quick, short slant, and then uh, he can use that speed to really uh, turn the defense upside down. Absolutely. So now let's talk about the Seahawks and who their breakout players will be in 2019. So um, I'm going to pick a guy who I think is going to continue to get better for the Seattle Seahawks. Obviously, Russell Wilson's their leader, and the captain of this offense and who is going to, who's still going to be good for the Seahawks team for a very long time. I'm going to pick a guy who I think is going to be great. And I think it's going to be Rashad Penny. I think decent rookie year, but it could be better. And on the defensive side of the ball, who I see getting continuing to get better is Shaquem Griffin. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to see Shaquem Griffin continue to, uh, to be a uh, force on that defense because I, I really want I really want to see him succeed. I mean, he's the story that everyone's been following, and he's someone that everybody wants to see succeed in the NFL. And I wish him the best. Uh, as far as the offense goes, I see Tyler Lockett having another big season. Uh, I, I think that he exploded last season, and he was a huge reason for uh, the Seahawks' offensive success. And uh, he'll be someone that I'd love to see continue to be explosive and make those big plays next year. Absolutely. 
Absolutely on that. But now let's go to the 49ers and who my breakout players are for each side of the ball. So I actually have two offensive breakout candidates that I see continuing to get better, or three. For me, for my offensive breakout players in 2019 for the 49ers, Jimmy G, Matt Breida, and George Kittle. And for the defensive side of the ball, who I see continuing to get better is DeForest Buckner. Another big year for DeForest Buckner. Yep. Uh, I, I've got George Kittle on the offensive side of the ball. I, I just love I just love everything he does on the field. And uh, he's always a – he's one of the most fun tight ends to watch. I mean, uh, him, Travis Kelsey, and Gronk are, are my favorite tight ends to watch. And and uh, as for the defensive side of the ball, I, I think you're right. I think DeForest, Bar- DeForest Buckner continues to uh, improve. And uh, they're going to need him over on that defensive side of the ball to uh, try to continue to – trend in the right direction on defense absolutely so now let's do the arizona cardinals breakout players in 2019 so i'm gonna go with three offensive weapons right here <laughs> josh rosen christian christian kirk and also who i think is going to develop him well as a good blindside protector is dj humphreys on the defensive side of the ball obviously you have patrick peterson as like the anchor of that defense i see buddha baker having a taking the, the next step in his development along with um, Hassan Reddick and also um, I, and I also think uh, Robert Nemdiche if I'm not if I didn't pronounce his name incorrectly I think those three guys on the Cardinals on those sides of the ball will be key I think uh, I think on the off- offensive side of the ball I think uh, David Johnson is the obvious pick there I think that he's going to continue to be a great running back in that backfield. And and as for the defense, I think you've got to keep your eyes on DJ Swearinger. He, yeah, he, and then other players to watch in the Cardinals, they just got Robert Alford from the Falcons. So I think that's going to really help this secondary <laughs> out for the Cardinals. And um, also watch out for, I think, Farrell Cooper, former Ram, I think will be pretty good. But watch out for the Cardinals to add a tight end to compliment Jermaine Gresham. But I do see... A lot. I see Christian Kirk taking the next step in his development as a receiver and a good, no, good second target for uh, Josh Rosen. Yeah, I think that their uh, defense will continue to improve next year, and I think that that offense is going to need a little bit of work, and I think that's going to come here in this offseason by trying to get some big-time players in the draft and uh, hopefully a couple big-name free agents to go over there in Arizona and help out that offense. Yeah, and you think Christian Kirk takes that next step in his development? Yeah, Christian Kirk is someone that I that uh, is is fun to watch out there as he develops. I, I think that uh, he's definitely a guy that uh, could break out for them, especially with uh, as Larry Fitzgerald continues to age. They're going to need some production from Christian Kirk, and uh, and they're going to need it as soon as possible. And, and hopefully that comes early next year, next season. And do you also agree with the uh, the the picks on the defensive side of the ball, other than Patrick Peterson, like Buda Baker and uh, Robert Nandiche? Yeah, I love Buda Baker. I think he's an exciting player who can make the big plays for you. And uh, like I said, DJ Swearinger is going to be the main guy that I'm looking at uh, next season. Yeah, I'm more looking towards Buda Baker. I think he's gonna he's gonna even he's gonna get better and better. That's what oh, I think. Oh yeah, he's, absolutely. He's gonna he's like that next Ed Reed ball hawk and safety. Oh yeah, I mean the guy the guy is just he he reads plays like like anyone like as well as anyone I've ever seen. I mean he's a freak and. I love I love Buda Baker. Love the name, love the player, and love his game. And then let's talk about some other free agents that will be uh, landing with with a team in 2019. So I have Le'Veon Bell going to Green Bay, and I also I also have 
I also and and everyone else, I do see the Patriots and Rams retaining most of their free agents of their own. So no need to address that. Yeah, I think I think that I, I agree that they'll be uh, retaining those guys, and and I think uh, I think Le'Veon Bell's dark horse, like I said earlier, is uh, I think it's the Falcons. I, I think that if Freeman continues to struggle with injuries and they end up losing losing Tevin, I think that uh, the Falcons could be a dark horse there. I think the favorites, though, I think you got to look at uh, I think you got to look at the Texans and uh, the Packers and Colts. The Colts have about one hundred and twenty five, nearly one hundred and twenty five million dollars in cap space, uh, which is the most in the league. So they're definitely going to come uh, willing to spend some money for him. Uh, but the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, that duo could be very dangerous and scary to the rest of the league. Yeah, so we kind of talked about some free agents that will be landing, but we don't need to address it that much. So we'll talk about some more free agents when March comes around, when the new league year opens. So uh, right now my final NFL thoughts are I'm ready. I want to see a Super Bowl rematch with the Patriots and Rams and Super Bowl 54 down in Miami. Well, I think I'm a little biased here, but I, I'd love to see uh, I'd love to see the Saints bounce back. Uh, they've had two heartbreaking losses in the playoffs, and uh, I think they're a team of destiny. I, I really like to watch them play, and I really hope that they can bounce back from these heartbreaking losses and uh, make a huge run once again in the playoffs and see Drew Brees maybe ride off into the sunset with one last Super Bowl win. I don't think it's Drew Brees' last year. I don't I don't think it is either, but I, I think that if they do win the Super Bowl anytime soon. I think that that could be uh, the year that Drew Brees does retire, whether it's this year or next. Yeah, I don't, I don't see. I think Drew Brees is going to retire at the same time as Tom Brady will. I think it'll be about a. I think it'll be about a season or two before Brady. Uh, I think Brady's going to outlast him a little bit longer because Brady just seems to uh, really be focused and made it a goal of health just to be able to stay till at least forty-five. I mean, the guy, the guy isn't slowing down. Neither is Drew Brees, but. Um, but yeah, I, I think Drew Brees will retire a little bit before uh, Tom Brady, but I, I hope that he does end up staying for a couple more years here into the future. I say Drew Brees will, will play for another two to three years with the Saints. Yeah, I hope you're right. So with that being said, uh, Austin, when we come back, we will talk about the NBA. <laughs> All right, sounds great.